Well, hi, everybody. It's Glenn here, and welcome to Horses in the Morning. We apologize for this episode getting out so late. This is the one that was due out on Wednesday, February the 7th, and it is now over the weekend, uh, Super Bowl weekend. Uh, we are getting it out now. We had some technical difficulties, and we had to wait till we got home to actually fix it. So this is the—we wanted to make sure you didn't miss it, though. It's a fun episode. Monty is here, and Jamie and Debbie, and we wanted you to hear it. So here is the episode from Wednesday. Wednesday, February the 7th. You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Debbie Laux in Solvang, California. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I am still in Palatka, Florida. That's right. Look it up on a map. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Wednesday, February 7th episode. I think 3360. I'm not sure. Good morning, <laughs> horse people. You have found Horses in the Morning on a Monday. You're in for an amazing, amazing horsey horse. week Woo-hoo! of laughter, learning, and fun yeah! with Glenn and Jamie. Debbie Lauks, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to join you. It's February. I'm looking for a little warm conversation, Jamie. How are you? Well, um, so so I had lunch with somebody the other day, and they asked me how I was. I'm at my mom's, mm-hmm. uh, my mom's house. She's in the hospital, um, yeah. and I'm having to. You know, I wanted to keep the show going. Plus, this gives me a little breather from daily mm. activities. Um, so I, I wanted to do the show. And so people have been asking for a library update. Uh, last week I tried to book the Palatka library to host the show and it was to say the least rather difficult. (laughs) So I could have gone there. I opted to use the Wi-Fi at this house. So I would like to paint a picture of the glamorous studio (laughs) that I am coming at you from in Palatka, Florida. Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. So, um, to my right is the bed I slept in. To my left is the wall. In front of me is a wall, and I have a nightstand that <laughs> has my my computer on it. So I'm, oh. I'm I'm I have my mom's nightstand and my computer on it, and so I'm in the corner and I'm staring at the wall. <laughs> and this is the only table in the house, so I had to oh. find a chair. So I am currently sitting on a, um, <clears throat> well, I've upgraded since the last show. Right now I'm sitting on a senior's shower chair. Yeah. <laughs> Monday I was on a potty chair, but I upgraded to oh, putting a towel on the shower chair. So I am, yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting here doing this and I'm, I'm very happy to be here and, and, oh and chat with y'all gosh. and. Yeah, you're, you're such a trooper. I was thinking this morning, like, you are such a trooper to say yes to this. It's like going back to podcasting history in the beginning, right? This is how a lot of podcasters start in their I feel like I'm, extra I'm, room. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing like um, AM radio here. And by yeah. the way, I would also like to point out that my audio quality may suck. And it, let me tell you why. I'm also going to describe the rest. So this nightstand is so far away from where I'm sitting 
that I have a, a stand that holds the microphone. But if I were to have the microphone in the mic stand, I would be leaning forward and down to talk into the Ouch. microphone. So <laughs> what I'm doing right now, Debbie, is I am channeling my inner, you know, Taylor Swift, and I'm holding ah. the microphone in my hand. So if I move it too far from my mouth, you can't hear me. And if I move it too close to my mouth, You're I whack myself in the face. So. at us, yeah. <laughs> You're so sweet to do this. Well, I'm glad to hear your voice, and I know everybody else will be too. And so thanks for putting up with us. And we were so smart, weren't we, to pre-record some stuff. And and that's why I wanted to get this one out when you were here. Um, Thank you. You and I got to sit down with your dad, I mean, for like an hour. So y'all just strap in. (laughs) Um, And I asked him about a difficult horse that I was having. And he gives me a very detailed, very um, interesting new way to handle something like this that I'm going to have to implement this spring when she comes back for training. And then uh, he answered some of the listener questions. So we're going to play that for you today. And um, just like I said, I'm sitting in this room leaning over um, a nightstand because I really wanted to get this out today. You're so sweet. We won't take a picture. These are things that we don't want to memorialize, but the podcast will be memorialized. You know what? Maybe I will take a picture just so (laughs) y'all believe me. Like I'm going to show you my potty chair, my (laughs) shower chair. Well, hey, before we do any of that uh, activity, let's do our daily winnies. Well, that's right. We have a daily Winnie birthday. Shay Abelson, happy birthday. Thank you for being an auditor and being a part of the family. Plus, I have a second one. Debbie, I got to do something really cool. A little respite. Um, beers at lunch yesterday with a listener named Clark Barton. He uh-huh. knew I was in Palatka. And he drove all the way from Jacksonville. It's like an hour and a half. Wow. One way down. I, nice. And I yeah, and I can't, I can't go too far, which is another reason I'm in my mom's house because I'm half a mile away from the hospital. Yeah. Um, so I'm. He drove all the way down here, and we had lunch, and he's just delightful. And I wanted to say thank you for coming. And he gave me the coolest cowboy hat, Debbie. You're going to be so oh, jealous. I'm jealous. Oh, yeah, we're going to be wearing our cowboy hats next week. Now, is it dark or light? Because it's, it's winter, you know. It's kind of a, like a tan, like a, a medium brown, but he, he decorated it with like card, like a card on it, like a playing card and some feather. It's so cool. You're going to, he said it was to go with my New York outfit. That yeah, exactly. We had the last time we were together. So I'm Upgraded. really excited. Thank you so much, Clark. Happy birthday, Shay. Now it's your turn. Aha. Jamie, my turn is super exciting because you just mentioned it. New York City was the last time the screening of the Cowboy and the Queen happened, and nobody's been able to see it until this week. Coming up on Sunday and Monday, um, a shout out to my dad um, for right here in our backyard, which almost never happens. You know that old saying of you're never a king in your own kingdom? 
<laughs> that might be it <laughs> might be applicable here. Um, I mean, a lot of people haven't seen Dad for 30 years since he's been on the road. So a shout out to both Dad and Andrea Nevins, who made and Graham Clark too, and his and their whole team, their research team and everything, who made the documentary The Cowboy and the Queen. And we've talked about it a lot, but it's nice because it's at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival, which is right around the the bend over here in Southern California. And it's going to be, you know, it's only two hours north of Los Angeles. So I hope a lot of people see it and pick up the the distribution because people keep asking, how do we see it? We wanted to see it. Like even overseas, you know, when they showed it in New York, the IP addresses were tracked and they only could watch it if you're in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's really good. It's getting a lot of people's choice accolades. And then we're on to Boulder, by the way, um, at the Boulder International Film Festival in the beginning of March too. So anybody out there who's looking to see it right now, there might be like, do you remember in the fall, they opened it up during the festival to see online. I don't know if they're doing that here yet or not. I haven't seen a link for it. Um, maybe Boulder will, but there's a really cool trailer too. Just, um, you just have to be careful on the very beginning of the trailer. It shows like some really kind of rough scenes with horses, but it is it ends so well. So I've I've tried my sensitive friends, you know, to watch it and say, you know, does it is it like too scary to watch? Well, <laughs> and it, it, it does have some some scenes, but that is what we're trying to show how he, there's a better way. But yeah. that these things were real, like they, they are real. I they mean, real. so look what's happening. happening in our community now, you know. So I think this this film, you know, when the link was available, I screened it almost every night. It was available for different people that came in and, and, uh, I was like, here's the link. I got it, but you have to buy it. So I'd be like, said, okay, everybody sit down. (laughs) Uh, It it was such a great, great film. Oh my gosh. So powerful and wonderful. And I'm, I'm I'm so pleased that more people are going to get to see it now. Me too. So yeah, if you want to know a little bit more about Santa Barbara one, anyway, go to S-B-I-F-F. That's Santa Barbara International Film Festival dot com. Um, oh, sorry, it's dot org and they can find it there. And um, yeah, wish us luck on Monday night. We're going to get all dressed up again. Um, I'll send you my hat. What you wear your hat? Yeah. <laughs> wear your hat for us. All right. Maybe we do a FaceTime. That'd be fun. Perfect. I would like to thank Stateline Tack for being such a great sponsor of the show. And Debbie, I, I was looking mm-hmm. at Stateline Tack. Glenn usually does this one because I can't be trusted because I end up buying things. And <laughs> this podcast always costs me money. Yeah. Um, because at this point, they have what's called the cold weather store. And the cold weather store mm-hmm. is like discounted, you know, horse blankets and cold weather gear and jackets for you. And there's tons of cute stuff. But what I was realizing is you don't have cold weather because you're in, you know, southern central California. Uh, uh, but what you do have is rain. How yes, have you lately. guys been handling that? <laughs> State line help. Oh, uh, yeah, we were out of power for two days. Um, it was a Sunday morning at nine or so. And uh, mom and dad got out the front gate, thank God, because then a tree went down. And um, yeah, so our gas and electric took two days to actually put the whole thing back together. We have lots of trees that are like 90 feet tall, uh, literally. And um, they went down over power lines. But oh, no. it wasn't just us. It was a lot of people affected too. So yeah, that rain stuff 
it makes those roots real loosey goosey because normally we're in a drought situation. So, well, uh, staylines we can can't help that, but what they can they? do is give you waterproof sheets for all your horses. They even Perfect. have mini. They have a little <gasps> blanket for, for your puppy. little mini. Poppy needs puppy. a blanket. Okay, all right. So Poppy will get a blanket. I the will. Little Mini rainproof sheet for it's called the Snugget. Why does mini stuff get the Aww. cutest names? Names, I know, girl or boy, it doesn't matter. It's really I cute. Know. Well, Poppy can have her own blanket. All you have to do is go to statelinetac.com. And again, thanks, Stateline, for being a sponsor today. Thank you, Stateline. It's time now, Debbie, uh, to to play the interview with your dad. I was I was really you know. Your dad is an icon, Monty Robertson. He's also my personal hero and he's my mentor mm. and he's just one of my favorite people on the planet. So anytime That's I get great. to sit down with him and you facilitate that uh, kind of talk, it's great. And I, 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 you know, I mean, to be fair, mm. your dad has had his share of yelling at me. So I, <laughs> I'm always a just a li- like a little scared, but like also like, in reverence to him. So I hope that came across when he's it like. It does. Oh, no, you're so respectful, Jamie. You you certainly are. Do you remember we were, we were struggling with technology? No, like he loves and embraces the technology anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were mm-hmm. dropped, yeah. dropped the call a couple of times and everything too. No, no, no. Y- you you do really well with coaching. You're amazing <laughs> and super authentic. No, no, no. I always say Well, I, I hope it came across because, yeah, we had had some frustrating audio and there's nothing that makes your father more impatient than technology <laughs> horses he's got patience for days but technology oh, yeah. you got about 35 seconds right <laughs> <laughs> so we got it done this interview is brought to you by daily dose equine non-gmo core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages so i'm excited that i have jamie jennings and monty roberts this is like the dynamic duo when people get these episodes they win awards and do all kinds of crazy <laughs> things. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for, for giving me this opportunity. You know, if I'm doing this, it's because I need help. So ah, well, <laughs> here comes here comes the SOS, Dad. So Monty Roberts, Jamie Jennings. I think Jamie has some questions for you, and they might actually help her keep her business. I think yeah. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I got those little um lead-ins to what's going on and you know what they told me they told me that some time ago i guess two three four years ago uh, i thought i knew everything about horses and what they do and why they do it and how to change the things they're doing okay and then Uh every dang day they seem to come up with something new that i haven't dealt with before well, let and me give I, I, let me give everybody the backstory because I'm I'm hoping you're not talking about the problem that I'm having and you're gonna have a perfect solution, but I probably should tell everybody because they don't know what the question that I have is. Should I do that first? Sure. <laughs> so I had a Philly. It belongs to a friend of mine. She is a three-year-old, half Andalusian, half KWPN, uh, three-year-old Philly, very big very long, very lanky. And we decided just to put, you know, one or two rides on her and she was going to bring her back in the spring when she's grown a little bit. So she brought her over. This filly has been raised in a herd with several other babies has been handled, you know, on a regular basis. And so my friend brought her over 
in a trailer to her first her first ever going outing anywhere. This filly un- and she's like she's really really calm. The filly unloads, doesn't care that she's anywhere new, which is always a little usually you expect a little like snorty like oh my god, I'm here. No, just unloaded, totally fine. Give her some time, put her in the round pin and I go to ask for join up. And and Monty, she would she wouldn't move. I mean, I sent this mare away, and I was using a the black lines. I ended up getting a flag out. I had plastic on a stick, and I mean, I barely got her into a trot. I was way more tired than this filly was. <laughs> I was exhausted. So finally, I just gave up, and I turned my shoulders to the side, and she came right on up to me, a perfect join up, because that's all she wanted to do anyway was to be standing next to me. So. I started doing the, you know, let's get her vulnerable areas, legs and feet, totally fine for everything. I tacked her up, put the saddle on her first girth ever. She doesn't care. Sent her around. I put the long lines on her, long lined her, barely got her to trot, maybe one canter step in the long lines, but I have the long lines to help me. Um, and then it was, okay, well, let's get on and see what happens. So brought her to the middle, took the long lines off. And then I had her owner was going to be my lead. So what we do is, you know, we belly the horses and then we move them around a little bit. And so I am on, I'm on my mounting block. I cheat. I have the mounting block and I lean over her back and I'm like, okay, take her forward. And this filly won't move, will not move. Wouldn't take a step. I mean, the, 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 the owner's, you know, like pulling the, the halter and turning her and trying to get her to move, couldn't get her to take a step. So I get down. I'm like, okay, let's work on leading a little bit. So she goes to just lead her forward. I'm having to get behind her and jumping jacks and clap my hands just to get her to take a step forward. Get one step. We praise her. We scratch her. Did that a couple times. Maybe got her thinking forward. I go to belly her again. Get on her. Belly. She won't move. I mean, not a dang step. And at that point I was like, we're done. I'm calling Monty. So here you are, please help me. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I, I, I really appreciate your description because I can trust you and I've been through other horses with you and I know that you know what you're doing. Oftentimes you get a call from somebody and they have no clue what they're doing and they can't really describe the thing like you have. So I appreciate that. Um, And I don't have to ask you this question, but I will ask it for everybody else. You do know what positive pigmotaxis is, don't you? Yes, sir. Okay. I'm going to explain to the audience that positive pigmotaxis is that uh, psychological uh, system whereby the equus, equus cabalus, goes into pain and not away from pain. They don't go away. The reason for that goes back to their predators and so forth. They could handle their predators going in and kicking them instead of running away. When they run away, the predators will grab the hind legs and take them down and kill them and eat them. So the ones that would go into the pain lived on. And what you have is an extreme positive thigmotaxic horse, a filly. That's what you have. And anytime she feels the chance that life could be taken from her by a bunch of predators that want to put this thing on my back and get up there and they're going to eat my throat out. And so I don't move. I go into them. I don't move. 
And so I asked some questions because I want to know previous what happened. Did you, after you got her, did you put her in a little paddock at all or anything? Well, she just came for the afternoon. So when she arrived, I put her in our arena. I, I let them all walk around in the arena and get to know that because they're going to go there next. Okay. So she, did she, did she move around the arena with them? She just walked, just walked yeah. around. No, did didn't. any of them do anything else but walk? Any of who it was, she was the, by the her. horses she was in. Oh, she was by herself. She was by her. Well, she had one friend with her and they just both kind of walked around. Her friend is a seasoned, you know, traveler who's been here a hundred times. So I put them, we brought both of them together, put them out in the arena and they both just walked around. And you, okay. now could you go in that arena with your flag on a stick and get the other one to move around? Yes. And? And she kind of ambled around with her, but she didn't. She didn't take off. She didn't blow up. She just is like this Philly that just is like the most, I mean, I say level-headed, but dull is kind yeah, of a no, better I, word. I, I, I got all that now, but here's my point. You're making my case for me, the case I have coming. Okay. Uh, not that I've said it yet, but you're making my case for me because she seemed rather normal when you were sending the other horse away. She seemed rather normal. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. She was feeling safe. She was not feeling threatened. Now, I don't know what has caused, and probably none of us know, except to say that God does it uh, with generation after generation that become eaten when they run away. So they go into pressure, into pain, positive thigmotaxis. Now, if you're going to get through that, you may have a fantastic horse on your hands because the horse that thinks with you instead of for you is a better individual to do the jumping with or the roping with or whatever you want to do, the working cow horse or the, you know, gated horse. If they will do it with you, they will do it better than that doing it because they're afraid not to do it. So you have a potential for a very good horse here, in my opinion. All right. Now, you know, the dually halter, has she had a dually halter on her? She has had a dually halter on her. Yes. And she had it on her in the round pen. Okay. And did you hook to the dually halter and try to get her to come forward at a trot or anything like that? Um, I did not attempt to trot. We just attempted just walking and that was challenging enough. <laughs> yeah. And, and why was it challenging? What was challenging about it compared to other horses? She just wouldn't move. Well, that's challenging. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that she just was, you know, not eager to move and you had to kind of drag her along. I mean, Monty, I put this, I put it on the clip and I put it on the regular part of just the halter, just to think or get her thinking forward. So I made it the dually halter and the regular halter and you attach the lead rope and you go to walk forward and she just stands there. I mean, I went left. I went right. I went forward. I went back. Okay, I practiced. Okay. Okay. The, okay. okay. <laughs> so you, you, you tried to get her to come forward and she didn't. Correct. Right. Okay. Now, forget 
the regular halter ring. You're going to go to the nose ring. Okay. 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 Now, do you still have that same rider that you had before that we worked with some problems with? Yes, sir. Okay. And he ropes, doesn't he? He does. Yes. Okay. So he knows how to dally. Correct. You've watched him dally? I mean, I've seen y'all do rope stuff. I'm I'm not quite sure what dally is, but dally is when you wrap something around the horn, right? Yeah. Yep. Correct. Okay. <laughs> You've seen him do that? Yes. Okay. So it's extremely important that he realizes that you're not trying to cause her any pain. You're not trying to berate her or to force her to do anything. He goes in there with, it's better to have a rope than the line, but you could use the line, but it's not so good for the human hand and it doesn't wrap around the horn terribly well. So a snap on a, 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 you know, a standard kind of grass rope is the best way to go. And you should have between 20 and 30 feet of this grass rope. And the, the rope should be about one inch kind of rope, three quarters to an inch and a half, but a, a, a three quarter inch and, and, and an inch is, is the best rope, okay. 20, 30 feet of it. And then you put a snap on one end of it. You, you, you braid a snap onto one end, braid it on, not tape it on, not get funny about any glue or anything <laughs> like that. You, you braid it on. I'm sure he'll know how to do that. And, uh, and you braid the other end so that it doesn't fray out. Are, are you with me so far? Yes, sir. Okay. Then you just put the horse in the arena or a round pin. Any way you can do it, you just do it like you did it before. And there's the horse in the middle of the round pin. And he goes in there on uh, his, let's say, his child's uh, retired rope horse. A, a quiet gelding that's had a lot of roping done on him. Yes, There's sir. There's a lot of them in your country. We have one. Uh, We're good. Okay. <laughs> and and he he gets on that horse. And he walks big circles around the horse in question. Just walks big circles. And you say, he can't walk big circles. She won't move. Mm -hmm. So when she doesn't move, he rides against the dually halter. Okay. And when she pulls back, I don't know if, have you seen her pull back? She did not pull back. She just planted, just stood there. Okay, so he just stands against that rope. You follow me? Yes, sir. It's around his horn, and he just stands with the weight of his horse against that rope. Okay. And uh, he has a beer, or he smokes a cigarette, (laughs) or whatever he does. He just sits there. He just sits there with tension on the line. Okay. And she may say, you know, I'm going to pull back. And when she pulls back, you try to keep your horse in exactly the same position. No giving to her on the pullback. Okay. Oh, she jumps in the air and she strikes out, whatever. 
but she ends up a couple of steps forward. And he just sings a song to himself, coils his line as he's riding toward her. And she's frozen on the ground. That's my guess. She's just frozen. I don't move. When I feel fear, I don't move. And he rides right up and rubs her between the eyes. Sits there for 20 seconds. And rides away. And as he rides away, he gives to her. No pulling, no demand at all. He just rides away, loosening his coils in his hand until he gets almost to the end of his line, 20 feet or 30 feet, almost to the end of it. And then he dallies and he goes back into that come here attitude of the weight of his horse against that line. And those steps will increase daily. And the rubbing of the head will cause some licking and chewing in the second day and third day. And then you keep it up. And pretty soon, you make the circle and she comes and her nose is close to your knee on the horse. And you say, I'm going to trot. Oh, no, I'm not trotting. I'm barely walking, and I didn't like walking in the first place, but I ain't trotting. So you trot right to the, you know, last 10 feet of the of the rope that you have, and you dally again, and you sit against it, and you repeat the process that you had when you were walking. And I'm telling you that unless there's something that has happened with this horse that we're not aware of, Within three or four days, your man is going to, what's his name? Barrett. Barrett, yeah. Barrett's going to be able to canter his horse around with her cantering at his knee. Okay. And then you put the saddle on. Okay. And you canter. And then you put your rider on and you canter. Okay. And pretty soon, she says, you know, when I canter... They don't kill me. I thought they were going to kill me, but they don't kill me. So I go forward. That's the duly halter. In fact, I'm telling you that that's how I invented the duly halter. I didn't know what I was doing. I was in a corral in Salinas Rodeo Grounds. It might have been 46, 47. It was right after the war, I know, when I started roping. And, um, I remember having a horse was a Mustang and this Mustang would not lead. And they, they, they bought the Mustang. They bought him. What do you call it? Uh, they adopted the Mustang out of the herd, these people. And then they called me and said, he won't move. We can't move him. <laughs> He'll move. If you leave everything off of him and you go out there with a, a flag on a stick or something, he'll move. But you put anything on his head and he freezes. Mm-hmm. He won't move. Well, I'm I'm a kid of 10 or 11 years of age, but I, I don't know. But I ran my rope through the ring on the left side, over the nose, and snapped it to the ring on the right side, and did exactly what I just told you, only because the horse was telling me, that's the way you're going to get me to come forward. Gotcha. And 
within three days, I could canter around the racetrack with this horse cantering right beside me. That was a safe place. Mm-hmm. But you need a dallier. I don't want you doing it. <laughs> and, well, I don't want you to lose a finger or something. But he, there you he, go. He, he's, if he's taught himself uh, how to dally, that's what you have to have. And he has to know how to come loose from it. If your horse is going to go over backwards and bash their head in. He has to know quickly how to come loose from it and how to get it back again. And you could send me videos, as you know, um, of what he's doing. And I could make suggestions, but I bet you he will understand quicker than you can imagine. I I can't wait to let him listen to this and tell him to get Mm -hmm. to work. This is going to be great. I hope everybody listens to it. That's how the Dooley Halter was born. And uh, we have them for sale. (laughs) (laughs) yes this this is an extended commercial yeah (laughs) not really i'm retired uh but debbie's on the line and she yeah i told him to say that yeah no yeah she told me to make sure i talk about the dually halter but i'm Uh, just telling you the dually halter is the answer Mm -hmm. you know i i i I watched and i watched other people do other things and one of those things was to run the rope through the halter, around the hips of the horse, mm-hmm. and back through the halter, tie it off, and then you pull them forward with a hip rope on them. Yes. Through the halter. And that's okay, except that you hurt a lot of horses that way because they'll kick at it, they'll do funny things, they'll run over you. Um, there's a lot of problems. So then I watch people who who also told me that uh, I was crazy not to use it, was to run it through the halter and around where the girth goes, mm. out between the front legs, through the halter, out between the front legs, dally, and you squeeze. But you're actually telling them that the squeezing of that rope around their girth area uh, is something they're going to have to deal with with the saddle, and you kind of have several ways you have to work at it. The halter, free and clear of any of that, and it's so sensitive that they'll come forward much quicker than they will around the hips or the girth. Okay. Fantastic. And I want to that... see. I want to see the videos, and mm-hmm. I want. I want you to know that I haven't learned everything yet. <laughs> but this is one thing I have learned. And did I ever heard any horses doing this? Yes. Why? Because I didn't release the dally quick enough when they wanted to really fight. Okay. So if you they really to, go to fight, you got to release and then just try it, start over. Y- yeah. And, 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 uh, Barrett should know that one of the things you do to release is you ride in that big circle cantering your horse if you can and it and they can't pull and turn the circle at the same time mm-hmm. okay so they'll jump up off of it and then you release them and go rub the forehead. gotcha makes sense well this is fantastic information thank you so much i never ever ever would have thought of that so <laughs> that's well why. eventually you would have if you had enough bad ones like this, you would. <laughs> <laughs> and, and remember that I had 150 a year for quite a few years there. 
not that I taught each one of them to lead, but I taught a lot of them to lead, really did a lot of them to lead, including Brownie, who was one of the toughest of all and turned out to be a champion for me. Yes, sir. Mustang. Well, this is fantastic. Do you, do you have time to answer a couple other questions from listeners? Well, I don't, I don't know the questions yet, so I don't know how long they answer. <laughs> okay. But I'm, I'm here for you. Okay, well, we'll start with this one. Um, it says, hi, Jamie, I have a question for Monty. Uh, my horse hates to canter for long periods. Unless the rider has a super strong leg, he won't go for more than a few minutes. Because he was abused, I will not use a whip, uh, which is what everyone suggests. He has been thoroughly checked by vet, dentist, chiropractic. He's sound and healthy. Everyone says he's lazy. And how can I make him want to canter more under saddle than force him to do so? This is a woman who came and did the intro clinic with me. So she's very much aware of your concepts and just wants to do right by her horse. Nice. Okay. Legs, a strong leg, unless you have a strong leg. Legs will cause a horse to go forward because they've been trained for as a baby to go forward when you use your legs against the ribs. However, if they go into this business of parking, so when they're a little bit tired, they can beat you, strong legs or not, by just stopping. Now, you can get a whip, and they will go into the whip, and eventually they'll kick out behind, or they'll rear up, or something like that. Giddy up rope. It's a rope that does not cause pain. It's a braided cotton soft rope. And it has a gathering at the end of it that just kind of makes a popping sound when you do it. And you do not whip it like a whip. You flick it back and forth like a romal in front of you. And it comes down on the horse's hip behind and goes woof, 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 like that. And the horse will go forward. When the horse goes forward, you stop the use of the rope and it just hangs down there. And then they say, that isn't such a bad deal. It never hurt. If it hurts, they're going to try to figure out how to stop. When I first uh, started to make that commercially here, on the farm and show people how to use it. They brought me horses. You can't begin to know the number of horses they brought me that would just park it. Walkers, they were called. And bingity, bingity, bing. We've got some uh, videos that show that in three or four days, I got a horse that will just go wherever I ask as fast as I ask. And it's the leaving alone. It's the stopping that is their prize. That's their trophy. So then they learn how to go. Let's go. Uh, but if you cause pain, they'll say, let's stop. And mm -hmm. I'll go into that pain. Okay. Now I have another, another question that's, I think similar to this, that you might answer the same. And it's another woman that has a warm blood, a Irish warm blood. And she says, when I touch the sides with my legs or hands, this horse is four. Um, and I started him when he was three and he's just this big giant kind of like 
cranky, angry. I call I we we called him uh, we called him names. Uh, but but she said now if she's sent him to be ridden even more after I started him, and she said now when I touch his sides with my legs or my hands, he pins his ears. He doesn't enjoy working. His training is going so slow because I have to be mindful of his bad attitude. I don't want to push him too hard, but then I can't make progress either. Is that also a giddy up rope situation? How do you spell giddy up rope? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you should also, has, has the vet cleared everything? Right? Yes. That yeah. horse has okay. been completely cleared oh, by yeah. the vet and everything. So, um, yeah. you okay. bo- it seems like both of these horses, the answer is kind of the same. And I would like to point out that there is a lesson on Monty Roberts, university.com <laughs> called right. Walter won't go, go forward. forward. It's my That's favorite right. lesson on the entire university. It's Monty riding a horse named Walter who won't go forward. And it is the <laughs> best explanation and demonstration of the giddy up rope that you could imagine. So I would encourage everybody to go take a look at that. Perfect. Yeah. And, um, you know, I remember back when you first came to me, you had some Mustangs and stuff and there was this problem and that problem. And, and you were in the process of learning my concepts and the giddy up rope became very, very helpful to you in some areas and uh, other situations that I've learned, uh, got away from any pain and toward the business of celebrating rather than punishing. Yes. And, uh, that's how we get a good horse mm. out of it. So, nice. you know, and I, I'm not a namby pamby if it, if pain would cause them to do the thing better, um, I'd probably use some pain on a horse too. But not only do I not like using pain, it's also not very effective. And Mm -hmm. some of these things that I do that are pain-free are a lot more effective than anything with the pain. I totally agree. Um, Another one is how do you encourage a horse to ignore other horses and pay attention to his work? Every session with my horse involves at least 15 minutes of trying to catch his attention. Usually long lining does it before he settles down. Um, if there are other horses in the arena, it takes even longer. So how do you get your horse to listen to you when you're, it's the winter and you've got five horses in the indoor or whatever. Okay. So this one is pretty difficult because you are dealing with Equus Cabalus. They are 200 million years old, a lot older than we humans. They have learned that herd is safe and singular is not safe. That's what they've learned. And they learned it 200 million years ago with those surviving because they herded up and protected one another from that big cat. And maybe somebody lost his life, but it would be the one that wasn't so herd-bound. So they're herd-bound animals that we want to be part of their herd. We want them to come with us. So you keep going. uh, Yeah, go to those arenas where they have horses, ride them around with the giddy-up rope. And as soon as they pay attention to horses more than you, Boom-ba-dee-boom-ba-dee-boom with the giddy-up rope and go somewhere, do a figure eight or something, and then stop, release your reins, give them a rub, and they say, oh, you're not so bad. Maybe I like you as much as I do those other horses. 
Okay, Monty, I just got a new horse, and this is the second one that I've kind of got from the same situation. And they're both Western working Western horses. The one that I have now was like on a feedlot moving cattle around. And then the other one was kind of doing the same thing, roping and all this. And what I've found is that both these Western type working horses, they, it's like, nobody's ever kissed them on the nose. You know what I mean? Like I'm squishy with my horses. I love them. These horses, both the first one that has been here about three months has really come around, but I just bought this pony, this little Western working pony, um, not show horses, like, you know, doing the dirty work. Um, and, and they just don't like people that you, they're hard to catch. They don't have, is there something that is, that happens to the Western horse, you know, versus like all the horses that I start through your concepts, they all love people and they want to be around. What am I missing? What happens to these guys to make them kind of so standoffish and, and, and not really liking humans? R O. M A L Y. Ro- what? What does that mean? What is that? <laughs> Romal. Ah. Whipping. They're getting swatted. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. They're whipped. They're all whipped. All those Western horses are whipped. When these guys saw me going, you know, I, I whipped horses when I was in my early years my father would whip on me if i didn't whip the horse and i learned that those horses that have been whipped will hide from you for a while and then they'll take a nip at you or they'll back their ears and tell you to get away and i started getting on them rubbing their ears putting my chest on their crest on their mane my arms around their neck, rub them up under the eyes, on the forehead, down between their ears, on the forehead, if they're the size, the size I can do that with. And I was, as a child, I was doing it bareback a lot. And those same horses were said to me to be vicious. They would bite you and they would love me they would stop biting me and you can, you can get your dog and, and, and it's the same thing. There's people that train dogs with pain. There's people that really use vicious methods to train dogs. And those dogs will always be a concern about, are they going to take a run at you and bite your hands off? Um, but if you love them, if you ever, you know, any time, not just uh, loving them because they're alive, but you wait for some little thing that they do that's in your genre that you want to have happen. And then rub, put your arm around their nose, rub them up between the ears, under the eyes and walk away. And pretty soon you'll see them walk toward you a step or two. And they enjoy being loved more than the horse that's just normal Mm -hmm. because they know the other way. Yeah, I I, I thought it was like they're kind of compliant, 
but detached and kind of fearful, you know? So, and, and it's funny, I, this little pony that I just got, he, you walk up to him, he's going to pin his ears. I make a point to just go up and scratch him and rub him and then just walk away. And he's kind of the, the, the first one that I got, he now knickers at the gate for me where before I, well, it, took, it took me half an hour to catch him. So I just didn't know why these two horses, both in this particular genre of horse life, both had the same thing and it's just, well, just, you, you, you've discovered it on your own and, um, you know, you, what you didn't do was stop and think how effective that was and then go back and do more and more and more of it. Some of them you will never pull over because they just said, you know, we know that you, you human beings and I, I don't trust you. I'm not going to do it. And dogs do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but most of them will see that that person is okay. We have a dog right now, a young puppy that's decided that a new housekeeper is not welcome. Oh no. Why that is, we don't know. She has a different color hair. uh, Gray. She's gray headed uh, than the one that was here before. Um, Telvi has dark hair. But basically, they're both Hispanic, and uh, and why he should be angry about that? He's probably had a gray-haired person that did something, maybe when he was a tiny puppy, because Pat got him when he was a couple of months old. Pat, a couple of months old. So, and I don't think the the breeder is is a negative person, but he waits for somebody that if you don't understand them, bite them. Mm-hmm. You know, and dogs will often be that way. They are ca- they are canines, which means they are aggressive um, predators. And that's not the horse. The horse is waiting to be understood. And when you do that, they will generally quickly come your way where a dog will take more time and some of them will never give over again. So uh, I've got a chance with this little pony to make him love me. <laughs> like I said, it no, worked you've with got the first more, You've got more than a chance. You've got, uh, I know you, and you've now you've got the knowledge of what's going on in that brain. You will do it. And then I want to call back or an email back. I want information back on what changes you're seeing in that horse. Not to feed them. No. Um, the horse doesn't doesn't train on food very well at all. That becomes another entity in their life. Um, That's not true with the predators. They will train on food because that's what they do. But horses do not eat human food and they don't have humans feeding them by hand. And if they do, they'll take it out of their hand uh, thinking only about the food and not the human. So you keep the food away, but you get the love in there, rubbing and stuff. I don't know. The horse that Pat rides called Blackie, he was a very, very disunited horse when she got him. I rode him a few times and I said, no, Pat, you're not going to ride this horse. You'll get hurt riding this horse. And, um, she didn't listen to me. She rode him anyway, (laughs) and she went off now in competition and stuff, and I'm sure she's sitting here with me, but 
I feel sure that when and I haven't been to any shows with her at all, but I'm pretty darn sure that when she goes to a show with him, he kind of looks for her and comes to her and regards her as a friend. She's nodding her head now. He knickers for her. Um, Yeah. And he was not easy now. And and he was with a professional trainer before uh, that maybe was a little more aggressive than he should have been, but he was dangerous, man. Oh man. I wrote him a few times and he would fly apart at the slightest things. And now Pat rides him around. He's, he's absolutely uh, in love with her. Um, I, well, I did, Blackie is a very special horse and she's done amazing with him. So, I, I mean, it, so there's a chance we're going to make all these horses our friends. And, and it was such to me, getting this pony was such a fun opportunity to see if I can take that horse and turn it into what I consider a, a happy mount and uh, mm-hmm. one that wants to work as opposed to one that feels like it has to. Um, and I think that's kind of the mental change that I'm going to have to see in this guy and who knows how long it'll take, but Monty, I thank you so much for your time. I have a million more questions. And so we'll just have to do this again real soon. If, if you don't mind. Yeah, that, that's, that's fine. And I'm happy to do it. And uh, you bring things to my mind. Um, this is my life to change the world away from violence with horses. So I welcome this kind of thing and, and it, it's fine. Um, what I wish in life is that I could get people to treat me as I treat horses and, and, and my life would be a lot better, but people are imp- unpredictable. They're unpredictable. And they are often very negative because we're half predator and half flight. And uh, so it's more difficult. I'm not a a psychologist for humans, but I believe I am a psychologist for Equus. I just wish I could train people as, as well as I can train horses. Well, you changed my life by, by training me. So I appreciate it. And hopefully I'm, I'm carrying on the, the, the job and passing it forward. So uh, that's, yeah, that's... But the the learn the learning curve in that is think back at your attitude when you came to me. You were wide open to learn. You listened. You watched. You learned. You repeated, and it worked. A lot of people don't do that. That's right. And particularly in the human to human situation, mm-hmm. um, they 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 will tend to go argumentative they will tend to uh, be angry when they don't have to be angry um, that's just what humans do they choose to be angry they they are sitting in the middle and can go either way horses don't want to be angry and if we do them right we we never see that anger you know the perfect example of what you've done with Jamie uh, side by side is Barrett Barrett is a mini Monty now. And I know that his teacher was Jamie. So it's a wonderful evolution that we've seen there too. Well, and we mentioned Barrett. He's he's a wonderful boy, college age. So Jamie, you've done a good job. 
Well, I, you know, it's, it's been awesome, but he came to me with the exact same thing that Monty just said I came to him with, which was show me everything. I'm going to work hard and have a good attitude and, mm. and desire to learn. So hopefully we can just keep that going and pass it on. And, right. and, uh, Monty, I, I just thank you so much for, for being on the show today and for lending your, uh, knowledge to us a little bit more. And I encourage everybody to go to the university, Monty Roberts, It is well worth the cup of coffee a month. You would, you know, <laughs> miss out on by subscribing. It's fantastic. Over 800 videos. You'll see Monty yelling at me in several of those videos. Good. So, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> no. No. so, you no. know what? It's good for everybody. <laughs> well, just let me know what's next. Will do. Thanks, Will man. Do. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Monty. Okay. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye. Non-GMO whole food nutrition is the basis of the entire Daily Dose Equine program. We never forget that natural is better and simplicity is key. Our full line of specialty horse feeds is unique in the industry. We start with high-quality non-GMO grains that are flame-roasted, for safety and better digestibility. And then we add non-GMO alfalfa, timothy, peas, sunflower seeds, and flax. Your horse will enjoy unsurpassed balanced core nutrition with elevated levels of vitamins, zinc, and copper, prebiotics, probiotics, and electrolytes in every mouthful. Find the perfect formulation for your horse at dailydoseequine.com. Select Daily Dose Equine formulations are available nationwide through Chewy.com and TractorSupply.com. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. That's right. If you ever see a news story uh, wherever you get your news and you think, wow, that's really weird. <laughs> I want it. I want to see it. Email it to me, Jamie at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Um, I also cannot read the inappropriate ones on the show that you guys send, but I do love to read them personally. So. Send them anyway. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. Send those just like these people did. Julie, Allie, Debbie, Tim, Julie. Oh, another Julie, Andrea, Lindsay, Gina, Melissa, Jennifer, Summer, and Ina did all of wow. you guys sent me weird news stories. So thank you very much. Now, Usually, Debbie, this is a seamless read the story. There's audio that pops in and then I read another story because I've got two screens and two hands. But I have one hand because my left hand is currently holding the microphone. So (laughs) things are going to be a little slower, people. You're going to have to to forgive me a little bit here Um, with us. Yes, bear with us. But um, this one, you know what? This one takes the cake is somebody screwing something up. Okay. (laughs) Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. It's a, there's a, there's a beach and Mary Dawson tasked by her best friend or her best friend's boyfriend. He was going to propose and he gave Mary Dawson a camera, you know, and said, film the whole thing. We want you to film it. And, And she's like sneaking around the corner filming it. Right. So she's like, and this has like 25 million views on TikTok. You can what? see this. Oh my so gosh. she leans down and, and, and she's going to, she's filming the couple as they're walking there and they're standing. And then, uh, she's filming and, and, and she looks to her right and right next to her is a raccoon. 
a raccoon. And it was so cute, Debbie, that she started filming the raccoon. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And so the video starts by focusing on the couple and then pans (laughs) over to the raccoon. And then she's filming the raccoon. She's like, "Uh oh, and she then whips the camera back over to the couple. And he's already back up on his feet. And the deal is done. Oh, no. See, animals rule. Animals rule. I know. Rule. That would totally be something all of us would do. Be like, squirrel. Yeah. Oh, look. Squirrel. <laughs> yeah. They As are- of last Thursday, it had more than 23 million views. Oh. And uh, some some commenters underneath it had lots of things to say. Apparently, Dawson does say that the, the bride-to-be wasn't mad. Um, but somebody said, I would seriously understand. So many marriages fail. But, like... A cute little raccoon <laughs> encounter that lasts forever. <laughs> oh, that is sweet. That there is we go. Sweet. They don't. They're not all this sweet. We're gonna next move to. You this started one. with the best. Okay. That's uh, really bless good. him. You know, there's so many bad things that happen in Florida, Debbie. Oh. You know, I mean, there's bad people, and there's yeah. poisonous snakes, and there's yes. alligators, and there's wow. black bears. Well, now there, there's a man. Um. Oh. They didn't. Oh, his name is Shay Allen Hensley. And Let's he just lives name in, him. Yeah. Uh, there are always three names. I got to name them. It's on the news. I mean, come <laughs> on. Shay Allen Hensley of Bakers, Florida, is facing nearly a dozen charges from the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission. <sighs> he was back near Panama City, PCB, baby. And okay. uh, he made, he, 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 he made a bad decision. And the b- bad decision he is was unlawfully importing two Kodiak bears <gasps> into Florida. What? Well, uh, where do you put them? How do you sneak well, them in? That tends funny you should say that because uh-huh. he um really didn't have a good place to put them. Apparently yeah. he had these two almost full size bears. I mean they're they're saying they're cubs, but they're like giant. Yeah. I mean, and they're Kodiak, Kodiak bears. Like grizzly yeah. bears. They're huge. And they're, and they're not native. They're native to Alaska. So they don't need to be in Florida. And apparently yeah. they decided to um, leave because the cage that he had, and that's one of the criminal charges, is improper housing of yeah. illegal animals. Uh, he had like a chain link fence with like chicken wire on top. Chicken wire. Yeah. yeah. Kodiak yeah. chicken. They, you know. they didn't yeah. stay there because he was caught as they were walking down the road oh. at 5 a.m. in Chilin Okaloosa County. They could make a show out of this one, too. Right, wasn't that the other place down there? The tiger place down tiger, there? In that's Florida? Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> That's Sorry, Oklahoma. No offense to the <laughs> It is what it is. You're only um, in two places, yeah. Florida and Oklahoma. Kodiak bears walking down the street in Florida. So um, they swarmed investigators, went to his house, and then he called himself a self-proclaimed bear trainer is what wow. he said he was. I'm a, I'm a bear trainer. Yeah. Um, he also got in trouble for having a lot more wild animals improperly housed. Of house. course. Yeah. He's in jail. Good. Okay. Um, now, <laughs> this next one is, it's another good story. Um, and I'll tell you because, you know, in Liberty, Missouri, 911 is called. And there's like, you know, there's someone in the house. There's someone in the house. So the Liberty, Missouri Police Department, who, by the way, wear body cams. Thank God. <laughs> good. 
Because they swarm this house, okay? It's a suspected home invasion. And the residents called, there's somebody in the house, there's somebody in the house. And when the police arrived, they could hear noises coming from inside the house, even though the residents had already gotten out of the house. And uh, they breached the door and went into the house. That raccoon, this, isn't it? It's that in raccoon. the body cam video, the officer can be seen with his gun drawn. Oh, and gosh. another one, I mean, they train for this, right? And another <laughs> one is standing behind a wall. They live for this. <laughs> they do, right? And then the officer, you know, reaches around the corner, points the gun down the hall, and he's like, nobody move. And then he looks down on the ground, and no. there on the ground is a squirrel. <laughs> like, that is a squirrel. <laughs> just staring at him and then the officer's like cancels the backup and he's like it's just a squirrel it's just a squirrel disregard it's just a squirrel with his gun still drawn oh he started to walk towards the hallway to the open door where he was gonna you know let the squirrel out well in awesome body cam footage fashion the squirrel ran totally towards him spooked the cop who yelled out like a girl scream and then almost fell backwards because of the squirrel and like they're training for like murderers to be in this house and like the squirrel i don't know if i want that gun on my force i know what does he do with a gang member (laughs) what what i do i thought his gun didn't go off though or anything right no No? he didn't shoot didn't shoot, but the um, police department did put up a wanted. Like, this is when I love police officers and, and things that have fun. They put up a picture of Rocky, the squirrel from Rocky and Bullwinkle, and added, approach oh. with extreme caution. Yes. <laughs> God, the next time. Exactly. Uh, All right. Liberty, uh, Missouri. Yep. Our final story, I uh, mate, is in Brisbane, Australia. Ooh, have good kids. things happen there. Yeah. And and now you have a grandchild. So, yes, she's so you know, congratulations. All of this Thank is really you. fun. Brisbane, Australia. This is what happens when you have three-year-olds. So <laughs> the Australian police had to be called to come to the aid of a three-year-old boy. Now, this is uh, this is all of children's dreams come true for mm. sure. <sighs> he was in a shopping mall and apparently... He wandered inside and up into the claw machine filled with stuffed animals. Oh, <laughs> hey, that's a great idea. I know. That's like get the greatest. There. I always wanted to get stuck in a claw machine when I was a kid. So it's like full of stuffed animals. And his dad was there with him, turned around and couldn't find his kid. It's always He's his like, dad. Sorry. Oh, my God. Of course. <laughs> no, right? It's like. Of course, it's the dad. <laughs> I mean, how long did it take him to get in the claw machine? You know, dad. I you? mean, it, it it did it wasn't quick, you know. But yeah, he somehow sure. got in the claw machine, climbed up, got in the glass, and was sitting in the claw machine. His dad's like, "Where'd Brian go?" You know, and he turns around. I don't know why. Uh, I head Brian, but he turns around. His kid's gone. So he had to call the police and have the police come in to oh. remove his child from the claw machine. Oh. No word on what mom said. Yeah, after it was all done. <laughs> Ryan's cr- is crying right now. Like, I had it so good in there. Yeah. <laughs> I lost my child to the police department. <laughs> so how is your grandbaby? Oh, 
you don't ask a new grandma that question. She's awesome. Uh, she's genius. She's eight weeks old. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. She's so smart. She's so smart. She's like, she's past the punching her face with the little fist thing. You know, she's, she now stares at it and she's on it and everything. Yeah. So no, she's really cute. She is so cute. She's like a little over seven pounds. She's like dark hair cute eyes. She's really sweet and a good baby. So, and my daughter-in-law, this, I should have done my daily winning to them, right? I know, right? No. Well, I was going to ask, you didn't because you're the mother-in-law, okay? So. Uh, that's true. No, she's this, oh no, I, uh, you know, I told my son, you be careful with this one, you know, she's she's a keeper. I'll, I'll keep her and it'll be good. <laughs> you're out on the, on the street. Yeah, no, they're lovely. That's Jackie and Adam and Kaya um, because Jackie grew up in Hawaii, so it's kind of a Hawaiian name, K-A-I-A. I love it. And yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. She's just lovely. We're going to have so much fun. And Poppy, our little mini, has already met her. So oh, she's did have, you get pictures? We did. Are they the sweetest? Yes. Poppy is what, 23 inches high? <laughs> I don't know. She's, I should measure her. I don't know this. I keep joking. But she's all white with mane that flows almost to the ground and a tail that I have to cut constantly all white. So when we braid her, have I told you this before? We braid her forelock, which is really thick, really tight. She looks like a unicorn. Unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) She's got those tiny little Lord of the Rings ears, you know, that pop out through like little troll ears. And so cute. And we use her in our programs for horses and healing um, for the veterans and for the kids because she's just a sweetie. She's a hugger and she doesn't poop anywhere. She only poops in her stall. I don't know how they train her to do that. You got any ideas for me? I, I got to ask the people who trained her. They were in Florida though. You know, oh, those wow. trainers in Florida are amazing. <laughs> so, well, you know, what's amazing is that, you know, for seeing Poppy, she comes to the farm and is a part of Flag is Up. And your husband is not a horse guy. He's no. not. No, no. <laughs> I have so many pictures of Tom oh. walking Poppy like a dog. Oh. Like he walks her everywhere. It's so cute. He loves her so much. He loves her so much. And she loves him. They, you know, of course, there's grass involved usually when he walks her. <laughs> <laughs> but she is so, she really is. And she was a find online in the middle of the night by my friend Nellie, our friend Nellie. Yeah. Nellie found her. Yeah. She's, she was, she is certified, you know, for hugs and kisses at the hospitals and the retirement centers and everything. She really is a little unicorn. She's an angel. And um, yeah, we love her. She's our mascot. You know, if you need a Switzerland between stalls around here, you know, in the walkouts, she's the (laughs) one Poppy in there. Take that guy out of here. He's, causing problems so it's she's really cute I mean I didn't know anything about minis did you know much about minis have you ever I know enough to not feed them treats that's not it (laughs) thank you for that uh yeah a couple a couple of friends were here yesterday and they're like they were comparing what kind of mint peppermints their horses like they prefer I'm like no, stop that. Stop that. You peppermints in they like the kind that are buttery soft. No, stop that. No, she doesn't get treats or anything like that. She would be a handful, I think, even at 250 pounds. Yeah, I, I must admit to you being, you know, Monty doesn't train with treats. And, and, but I still do appreciate the af- yeah. affection and attention that horses give me when they think I have one. Yeah. Um, so Duke, who is 31 years old, he is 
a giant warm blood cross. He's been with me for 15 years and he is fantastic. But now he's to the point where he's, he's like, mm, I don't want to go outside today. No. Or he's like, I don't want to come in today. Just <laughs> it's all depending on mood. And then there's some days where he like comes right in or goes right out. It's just, he decides like if it's too hot, he'll stay in the stall and you can leave the door open. He won't leave. He's like, I'm, it's almost like he has his arms crossed, you know, and like, yeah. I'm not going out. I'm Grumpy like, listen, man. <laughs> you, I, you don't know my plans for the day. And so yeah. if you don't go outside right now, then you're going to have like, you know, not enough food. Cause I'm not going to be back in time. You have to go out and eat from the round bale with all the commoners. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have these like Purina, like gastric treats. That's a, a listener actually sent me and he loves them. So oh. now I have a bucket on the fence outside and I take the bag and I kind of crinkle it I like it's cookie yeah. time. And he, that's the only way I can get him out of the he stall. Sometimes. At you. Oh, really? He, yeah, the crinkly he, sound. Just the crinkly sound. And he, we, so we walk straight through the door and he's very polite. And then I walk over to the bucket that's hanging on the fence and I put his cookie in the bucket. And then oh, he's like, that's perfect. Dang it. She trapped me out of here. So then I closed <laughs> the barn up. <laughs> you can see that look in his eye. Like what? She did it again. What? Totally yeah, I know. I, I, cookie, I love though. that. I think putting it. Yeah, no, we treat our horses. We, we throw them in the buckets or, you know, uh, wherever, wherever over there playing around. Um, you did a beautiful lesson on the university. Remember that s stealing or sneaking in a little bite of grain on a bucket that's down, that was catching your horse. Uh-huh. Yeah. That? Yeah. You did it with a cute little polo filly. That was great. You and Monty did that video together. It's really good. If anybody's a uni subscriber, I can't remember her name. She, she's, She's owned by a really great polo star, too. So. No, I think that your dad did that one. I did one with Diego with your dad. Diego the Mustang. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Oh, did dad do the polo on his own? Okay, I maybe. think so. I he don't know. I did Diego for sure. Yeah. I use that 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 sneaking the grain system all the time. I always tell people, if you want more information on any of these videos or training or anything, you should have a rush, by the way, on Giddy Up Ropes after today's episode. Oh, really? Okay. Um, <laughs> go to bonnierobertsuniversity.com and I'm like, and there is where you can see Monty yelling at me several times on video. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> entertainment it. right alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, Debbie, I am glad your granddaughter's doing good. Smooch poppy for us and um, try to stay out of the rain. Hug your folks. I'm, oh. I, I know you guys have, have been, you know, swimming to the barn yeah. days. So web feet. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. I can't wait to see you back out here. I know at least June we'll have you back out here for, for the movement. We've got those dates coming up and we did. Oh, did I tell you? Well, we interviewed Roberto do, do um, Tesco. Uh, and turns out people are writing us saying, oh yeah, I have a piece of his art. So he does sell those big photographs. They're larger than life and um, they're beautiful. And so he's going to be out here filling our event center with all his big, beautiful, oversized art and tell us about the wild horses of Sable Island. In fact, I just put up Horsemanship Radio 248, our episode 248 has his uh, conversation with dad on it and they just start talking about the behaviors of these horses that are untouched by predators it's just a spit of sand out there off nova scotia kind of where the titanic went down how brutal is that area and these horses you and i saw the 
the photos when we were in New York are um, these horses are just out on a sand spit surviving on scrubby stuff. But he talks, Jamie, um, in this episode, people should go listen to it. I'm not going to give it all away, but he talks about how the horses have adapted to holding their breath and going under these puddles that are left, you know, um, by the rains. Or rising seas. Where oh yeah! Stop spoiling! Water. I can't wait to hear it. It's hard. It's on my. It's on my queue right now. So um, yeah. Again, that is the artist who has ventured out and traipsed around Sable Island and taken amazing mm-hmm. photographs. And we went and saw his exhibit in New York. You, it your mom, cool. and I. Um, and so I'm gonna. You know what? We'll use that picture for the show notes for today. Oh, cool. Um, cool. And then but you guys, it, he's gonna be bringing his art to the movement. So we're gonna be. Yeah. I mean, and it's like. The price of the ticket worth it just to go see that, you know, I yeah. mean, that's, that's how much they, it's expensive to go see this kind of beauty. It's amazing. So definitely an added bonus to the movement this year. Um, and again, you might see Monty Yellamy in person, so you never yeah. know what's going to happen, <laughs> but we again, <laughs> we live for that. Yeah. Don't we all so great. Um, again, he is a very sweet, kind angel man. Okay. I just grew up, so I deserve it. Um, but Debbie, love you, mean it. And uh, thanks to Paul for producing today and George for editing. And we love you guys. And thank you so much. And I'm going to, I'm going to hit the road here, but uh, everybody have a great day and uh, spay, neuter, and Thanks. Yeah.